0: what's up people we are back with another episode of the shoot your shot sports podcast today we're going to talk about some nfl football including the playoff picture and some new year's resolutions for nfl teams as we head into 2021 also going to talk about the college football playoff semifinals some early season nba action and some off-season mlb moves episode 27 coming at you right now and welcome back. It is Tuesday, December 29th and it is our last episode of this podcast in year 2020. We talked about it in the first episode, but what better time to start a podcast than in the worst sports year in history, but we somehow managed to fit in 27 episodes. Pretty awesome. I'm proud of it. Be yeah, how you doing, man. I'm good. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it that way. But yeah, this is the last one of 2020.
1: Hopefully get a better 2021 in there. But like you said, we started in a huge sports drought and now pretty much everything is back. So it feels good. We are through week 16 of the NFL season, which means we recently crowned some fantasy football champions. So I want to shout out a few people real quick. Congratulations to Joey Davis, Ryan Gillis, Michael Ruskell, Tillman Rabin, and the Random Cowboys fan on Twitter for winning the five leagues that I participated in good work this year guys feel like a jerk for not asking you this before but no championships for you this year None for me this year. I, I was fortunate enough to win two of them last year, so I was trying to defend a couple titles. I, in my five leagues, made three semifinals and two championships, but walked away with nothing.
0: Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Still
1: a good effort. Yeah, always a good time. That's that's why you play the game, but um, <laughs> overall
0: profitable season, but not my best. There you go, but like you said, at least we have a lot of sports going on right now, this week, this weekend, so a lot to talk about today. We're going to kick it off with a little NFL. Yeah, let's start with my
1: personal favorite NFL storyline from this past weekend, and that is the Cleveland Browns have a chance to clinch their first playoff berth since 2002 against the Jets, the worst team in the NFL, and their entire wide receivers room gets COVID, which, you know, you, you still think that they might be able to beat them, and then they drop at 23-16 to 16 to the Jets, so now they're in a position where they probably have to beat the Steelers, who they can never beat in Week 17 to clinch the playoffs. What do you think? Well,
0: tough for the Browns, but you got to love it for the drama, right? Going into week 17 against the Steelers team, who also kind of wants a win, even though they've already clinched their spot because they've been kind of scuffling the last few weeks. Like, I just love that matchup going to week 17. A lot of fun, but would be so Cleveland Browns of them to choke this away somehow. Yeah, it would. And staying kind of on
1: the Steelers real quick, because you mentioned they also want to win. So they're 12-3 and three right there for the or with the Bills. So they're kind of competing for the two-seed. But did you see today they announced they're giving Big Ben a bye week?
0: They're starting Mason Rudolph. Wow, I did not see that. That's a that's big time. That's a big move. I guess they're kind of just seeding the two-seed to the Bills in that sense then, right?
1: Pretty much. I mean, I guess they're, they're okay with the three, getting a home game either way. But what I think is interesting about that is you remember this was the tumultuous matchup from last year with Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. Yeah. So I think this could be a little bit of strategery from the Steelers if they can have Mason Rudolph go out there and trigger Miles Garrett, get him suspended, get him in a fight, have him swinging his helmet around again, and then they play the Browns again in week one, 3-6 matchup without
0: Miles Garrett. Wow, that'd be nuts. Okay, If Miles My- if Garrett sw- swung his helmet at another person again, how long would he be suspended for? uh 5 years
1: yeah the, he, the he remainder done. the remainder of his 5 year what 125 million dollar contract
0: yeah he'd be allowed to come back whenever Josh Gordon comes back <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> exactly but anyway that's something to keep an eye on i think the most likely scenario is that they will be rematched
0: in week 1 Steelers Browns. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You were talking about how the Steelers seem to not really care about the two versus three seed. They do have a home game, no matter what, like you said. And there's also this kind of crazy right now, five way tie at 10 and five with the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts. So it's kind of like a, who knows what's going to happen. It's not really a big difference who you play. You're going to be at home regardless. So I understand why the Steelers don't really care too much about this game.
1: Yeah, I get it. And you mentioned all of those teams. Five of them, you said, at 10 and 5? Five? five, yep. Yeah, so even with the added wild card with a 7 seed in there, one really good team is going to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's the Indianapolis Colts uh, that are the odd man out. But if you look at the schedule for week 17 they just need help from one team you know assuming they beat the Jags all they need is for one of those teams ahead of them to lose and I'm looking at the Miami Dolphins I mean they've got to play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo and the Bills are hot they're looking to clinch that two seed so in my mind the Dolphins are going to be the odd man out but the AFC is going to be a lot of fun it's it's more kind of packed at the bottom than the NFC is
0: yeah really fun going into week 17 being able to switch between the four seed and then out of the playoffs, like either, either thing could happen for the Titans and the Colts. That, that makes it really fun. Yeah, it does. And it's just funny looking at this
1: AFC playoff standings, like the chiefs are just such a casual 14 and one.
0: Yes, they, <laughs> they
1: are. They, they went about that in a very chill way, trying to, to defend their title. And the Steelers, everyone was talking about, I mean, we were talking about three weeks ago, them going 16 and zero, and they've kind of fallen off. People are already starting to write them off, even though they just clenched the NFC North or AFC
0: North. But yeah, huge comeback for the Steelers this week, though, as far as being down 17 against the Colts, who are a playoff team, and then roaring back to come back and win that game. Like, that's a really, really big thing for the Steelers. I think that's something we could look back on if they make a playoff run and be like, that was the turning point in their season. They had lost three in a row, losing four in a row right before the playoffs is a terrible, terrible look. That could be a huge comeback in the long run, even though it doesn't matter a whole bunch in the near future.
1: It could be huge momentum for them and it allows them to rest Big Ben for a week. So yeah, maybe that kind of rejuvenates them a little bit. But you look at the AFC and you've got the Chiefs, like we said, at one, probably the Bills at two. And I feel like everyone's kind of already writing those two in for the AFC championship game. Who do you think is most likely to spoil that party?
0: That's a really good question. It's kind of hard for me to bet against the Titans. I just love what they did in the playoffs last year with solid defense in a run game. I feel like that's just the recipe in the playoffs, especially when it gets cold outside and there's some nasty weather. Derrick Henry is a beast. He's leading the NFL in rushing by like 200 yards. So I think the Titans are the the most likely to spoil that party, but you got to love the Chiefs and the Bills
1: i agree with you i i'm also going with the titans as most likely even though they just got dismantled 40 to 14 (laughs) against the packers this week you thought you know them going up to lambeau that would be a favorable matchup for them handing the ball off to derrick henry 40 times but yeah it's looking like they uh the titans are going to win that division and the most likely scenario is they will be rematched with the baltimore ravens in round one which is a rematch of that shocking game when they took down
0: the lamar mvp ravens last year so afc is loaded That'd be fun. I'd love to see it. We talked about how the Steelers have been in general before this week going backwards team that is going forwards moving in the right direction headed towards the playoffs is the Buffalo Bills right now. Like they're already good. They're already talented. We knew that I've been on the Buffalo Bills bandwagon since the beginning of the season, as you know, but they're currently on a five game winning streak and they're just blowing people out right now. It is fun to watch. Josh Allen has fully entered the MVP conversation. Highly doubt he's going to win it because it's going to be between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. But I think Josh Allen is currently in a firm third place, which just the fact that he's mentioned with those other two guys is pretty impressive. You have to love the bills.
1: You do. And if, If Rodgers and Mahomes weren't having such insane seasons, Josh Allen might have a legit chance at MVP, and I have been a guy who's hated on him a little bit in the past. I mean, I like him as a player, but... More than a little bit. (laughs) But like the 58-59% completion percentage, not only in his first two years in the NFL, but going back to college at Wyoming, was kind of worrisome. Now he's up close to 70%. I mean, he has completely turned his game around, and Stephon Diggs, I mean, what an impactful trade that's been in year one, getting him from the Vikings. So, yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, he's, he's a uh, freight train rolling downhill right now so let's see who can
0: stop them yeah your your numbers especially your completion percentage tend to go up when you have a number one receiver for the first time in your career that that helps for sure
1: yeah but a lot of people i mean a lot of draft guys you know i'm a big draft guy i read all you the are. scouting reports mock drafts all of that say that completion percentage is something that really doesn't go up a ton between college and the nfl so yeah we didn't
0: have a number one receiver in college either at wyoming didn't you have Corey Davis actually? <laughs>
1: did he actually? Did I he? think
0: so. No, I like, don't. Oh, we're, we're gonna have to fact check that. <laughs> we do have to fact check that. That's sick. But anyways, I was looking at their numbers today, and if you just compare the passing stats between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they're pretty comparable a across the board. But then you add in Josh Allen's 400 rushing yards and I think eight rushing touchdowns. That's a that's a pretty sick season. The biggest difference, obviously, is the 14-1 record for Patrick Mahomes, which is gonna propel him probably up there with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, love Josh Allen. He's my guy. I get it. But while we're on kind of MVP conversation, have
1: you seen the updated odds? I think the last I saw, Aaron Rodgers was a slight favorite, then Mahomes, then Josh Allen. Yeah, so after this week, I mean, I really think it's only between those top two. Yeah, so. I think so too. Uh,
0: but Aaron Rodgers, minus 450. Oh, I didn't know it was that big. I thought he was like minus 150 or 200.
1: Yeah, after another monster game against a good team in the Titans, winning 40 to 14, like I said, he is minus 450 with one week left against the Bears. So Rodgers is probably going to take it home. And I mean, have you looked at his numbers this year? Yeah, they're absurd. They're insane. He's he's ridiculous. Yeah, back in his MVP season in 2011, he threw for 45 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. This year he's got 44 and 5. Yeah, I mean, that, it, it's
0: 2011 is, all over again. That is insane. For what's the longest I wonder what the longest span is between MVPs for NFL. This could be it, right? It's got to be close. It could be. That, that's something to look up. Yep. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. we got all kinds of fact-checking to do. <laughs> yeah, Corey Davis and MVP uh, links in between. <laughs> Another fun stat for the season that I saw earlier today is that Devontae Adams, while we're on this Packers talk, Devontae Adams with 17 receiving touchdowns by himself has over twice as many receiving touchdowns as the entire New England Patriots that's Yikes. not great that's not great
1: i mean cam has just not had a good season the patriots are in full tank mode but yeah aaron Rodgers to devonte it's insane because every game you know that's exactly what they're trying to do like they just that was their big concern earlier in the season they didn't have a second guy to throw to they were rumored to be trading for will fuller and even though you know it's coming you just can't stop it you can't he's too good yeah. So Rodgers, he's my guy for MVP again this year. And
0: God, I just don't know who's going to beat them with the NFC going through Lambeau. And then before we move on from the AFC, the one team that we have to talk about because we haven't even mentioned them once yet is the Miami Dolphins. I'm not sure I really consider them like a Super Bowl contender, but what a job they've done. What a job that Brian Flores has done this year. You got to love the Dolphins. Pretty cool for them to be on a resurgence. It is really cool. They have a
1: chance to win 11 games, make the playoffs. And I hate to say it, as a Georgia fan, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I said this before the draft to Two, I just don't think he's the guy. I just don't think he's Do not. an NFL quarterback. Why not? I don't think the arm strength is there. Um, he's left-handed. I can say that because I'm a lefty. I was about to make a lefty joke. But yeah, <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Um, Andy will love that. He hates me because I'm a lefty. But anyway, yeah, I just he threw behind the best offensive line in the world to the best receivers in the world while he was at Alabama. And it's just not like that in the NFL. Like it could help if they get him a true number one wide receiver, beef up the O line a little bit, get him some experience. But like he's been benched in two games already. I know he's a rookie, but I just don't see it with Tua.
0: All right, trivia question that I think I know the answer to.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: I'm 75% sure. It could be fake news, but we'll see. Another fact check thing after this. But prior to Tua, who was the last lefty quarterback to start an NFL game? Steve Young. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Um, Mark Brunel, no.
1: So my mind immediately goes to Tim Tebow, but that can't be right. There's got to be someone more recent. Um. Oh, is that freaking wide receiver for the Broncos lefty? No, oh no. dang it.
0: You're you're gonna be so pissed. Oh man. Yeah, I don't I don't know off Kellen the top of my Moore. head. Is it Kellen? Yeah. Seriously. Kellen Moore started two games, I think, in like the 16 season. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but lefties, they just
1: don't make it in the NFL. And when I say that about Tua, that I actually is like subliminally part of my calculus. I don't yeah. think a left-handed quarterback is going to be
0: successful. Yeah, lefties tend to be inferior in nearly every
1: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you're playing baseball, then it's super cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Okay, deal.
0: All right, anyway, off of left-handers, hand what were we even talking about? We were finishing the AFC, talking about the Dolphins, how we like them, but you hate to uh, you're kind of the hater guy, and I'm kind of like the the pro guy. So I'm like, I'm pro Josh Allen, you hate him. I'm pro Duncan Robinson, you don't like him either. We're, we're, we're kind of, you're, I'm you're just an a little.
1: I'm just a little more honest. You're lefty. But yeah, Josh Allen, let's, I, I said this about Lamar Jackson, so I have to say it about Josh Allen too. Let's let him win a
0: playoff game before we put him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, but I do think they are different right like Lamar Jackson his problem is that you're not sure whether his playing style translates to the playoffs Josh Allen's playing style is not going to change at all in the playoffs he's still going to be airing it out and throwing for whatever he's thrown for 4,000 yards this season like the last several games in a row he's been just killing people through the air so that's a little bit different there but I know what you're saying yeah, he's
1: he's on an upward trajectory. I've I've changed my mind on him. I'm I'm will be pulling for him in the playoffs. Let's this go. Year. But anyway, all right. So we we did mention the Packers. They're gonna get the one seed in the NFC, and I don't know who's gonna beat them. But right behind them at two and three in whatever order they finish at are the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks, which are both kind of interesting because the Saints got Drew Brees back, but he's not hundred percent. They put Michael Thomas, their leading receiver, on IR. He should be back for the playoffs, but if not, I mean, their leading pass catcher is gonna be Emmanuel sanders who's getting a little up there in age that's a little concerning and then the seattle seahawks their offense is broken So Mm -hmm. what are you thinking about the top of the NFC playoff picture?
0: It's kind of interesting. Packers are really, really good. I was talking to somebody earlier today, actually, about the Saints, because it's been a weird year for them. I feel like they've never really fully gotten on track. I don't feel like they've played their best football at all. They've had Drew Brees gone for some games. Michael Thomas has missed a lot. They've just been kind of mixing and matching pieces there, and they're still 11 and 4. Just shows you how good of a job Sean Payton does. The Saints, I think, are here to stay. I don't think they're going to be going anywhere early in the playoffs. I think the Seahawks, I'm a little bit concerned about them. I'm not sure exactly if they have enough time to figure
1: it out before they need to. Agreed. I I think the Seahawks offense, for whatever reason, is broken. You kind of go back to when Tyler Lockett tweaked his knee back in the middle of the season. They have not been the same ever since, and I think that's a big part of it. So even though they were my preseason Super Bowl pick, I'm kind of out on the Seahawks like I, I just don't think they can get it done so I think the biggest threat to the Packers in the NFC is the Saints as long as they keep your boy Taysom Hill off the field and <laughs> you know keep the Hall of Famer Drew Brees a quarterback but I don't know we'll we'll see we'll
0: see I don't know I think Mitchell Trubisky can make a run he could he's been he's been elite I'm not gonna lie he's been pretty sick the last few weeks I think we both owe him a little bit of an apology he hasn't proven anything yet but he's at least looked like a serviceable NFL quarterback. He has, and they're they're currently
1: slotted at the seven seed. We'll see if they can get there. They do play the Packers this week. But before we get down to the bottom and the seven seed, um, we talked about Packers one, two, and three are the Saints and Seahawks NFC East, so baby. This is where it gets interesting. Yep, the four seed, the lowly NFC East. So, have you seen kind of all the scenarios with the NFC East this week? Yes, but you're going to be clearer on them than me. So go ahead. So. If the Washington football team wins and they play at Philly, they're in. They win the division. They will host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. Assuming they lose, which it's kind of a toss-up because they may have Alex Smith or they may be Mm -hmm. starting Tyler Yeah. So if they lose to the Eagles, then the Cowboys and Giants game is the NFC East championship
0: game which is just absolutely hilarious. What a ridiculous division. It is. I was so excited a few weeks ago for the Cowboys to have a top five pick. I was like, we have so many holes to fill. We can do anything we want with the top five pick. And now it's like we can win the division. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird year. This is the most 2020 division of all time. It is, and
1: I, I went from one side to the other, and now I'm back. Like like you said a couple weeks ago, I was talking about Cowboys getting a top three, top five pick, and now I'm back to wondering if Dak Prescott's going to be healthy enough to come back for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so that remains to be seen, but that's the Cowboys angle. The Giants angle, there was a Field Yates tweet that I saw yesterday that the Giants have two different scenarios. If they get certain help, they could have a pick as high as third overall or they could win the NFC East. That's
0: absolutely absurd. (laughs) That is so crazy.
1: Those two things could happen. I I mean, I don't know that we'll ever see a scenario like that ever again in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. They officially clinched this past weekend that the winner of the NFC East is going to be sub-500, which I think has only happened one other time in NFL history. It's been a while. I'm thankful that it hasn't happened more than that because it's kind of embarrassing in a way. But hey, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to win. Yeah, (laughs) and I
1: think that... If you're the if you're Tom Brady and the Bucs sitting there at the five seed, and you know you've got to travel to play the winner of the NFC East, you're licking your chops, hoping that it's going to be either the Cowboys or the Giants. My prediction is, if it's the Washington Football Team, they're going to beat them. Why? Pass rush.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Tom Brady's not nearly as good when he's under pressure. Most quarterbacks aren't, but the delta for him is bigger, and they just have a really good pass rush. I think the Washington Football Team in week one of the playoffs will beat the Bucs.
0: That's really really bold because the Bucks are kind of on a roll too. They won forty-seven to seven this weekend against the future uh, champion Lions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was a tough uh, preseason prediction for hey, you this year. You gotta the Lions... be bold
0: sometimes. You gotta be bold sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I totally appreciate Shoot that. Shoot your shot. Yeah, <laughs> you you gotta be bold sometimes. I appreciate that, and I think you picked Stafford for MVP. So that's pretty tragic. Hey. But either way, <laughs> hey, you
0: gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah, so. Like, for example, we talked about earlier how the Steelers made the comeback against the Colts, and now hopefully that will give them momentum going into the playoffs last weekend the Bucks had that big comeback against the Falcons then they carried that over into a 47-7 to win this weekend like that's a team that's also on a roll going into the playoffs with a lot of talent on that roster look out for the Bucks too they're they're to be reckoned with yeah once Tom Brady
1: gets to the playoffs I mean all bets are off you never know what's going to happen but I just don't think that that problem goes away where if you can get pressure especially up the middle and you know some of the guys that the Redskins
0: Washington football team, sorry, half up
1: front. I mean, that that just could be an issue for him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then the other team in this picture that we have not mentioned yet is the Rams. They had a big piece of news recently with Jared Goff breaking his thumb and having surgery. Not really sure what his status is going to be in the near future, but that is obviously huge news for them and their playoff future.
1: Yeah, so Jared Goff with that broken thumb will be out in Week 17, at least, you know, for this week against the Cardinals. And Cliff Kingsbury said that Kyler Murray is dealing with a lower leg injury and may be out this week too. So you're going to have John Wolford starting at quarterback for the Rams. And for the Cardinals, you may have a human by the name of Chris Striveler, formerly of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League, starting for the Cardinals. So with a playoff berth on the line, pretty tragic matchup but that's just kind of how it goes for the bottom of this NFC pack like especially with the NFC West you looked in the middle of the season, and this was a great three team race for that division with the Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. And the Seahawks just, even though their offense is broken, pulled away with it. Yeah. It just, this division kind of fell apart, and it's indicative of
0: what's happened with the bottom of the NFC. There's three good teams, and that's about it. Yep. And also, I feel like there's been so many backup quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Have there not? Like, more than any season in recent history, I just feel like we've seen more quarterbacks play in NFL snap than ever before. I don't know. Yeah, you have to wonder if it's a little bit, you know, COVID-related and
1: shortened off season with the injuries and all that. But while we're talking about backup quarterbacks, how about Dwayne Haskins? Oh, my gosh. What a <laughs> quick and tragic fall that guy had. Yeah, he, he totally blew it, got released, even though he was, what, a, the 15th overall
0: pick two years ago? Yeah, that's crazy. And, okay, this is kind of off the rails, but does this affect Justin Fields' draft stock at all? I don't even know how to answer that. Can you— Take me inside your head here. Yeah, so just thinking about recent memory, Ohio State tends to push out these quarterbacks that have incredible success in college, but it might just be that their system is so good or I don't know what it is, but these guys aren't as successful in the NFL. So the last two being Cardale Jones and Dwayne Haskins, you know, like, does that relate to Justin Fields in any way? That is a really good point. Um, I feel like they've changed so much
1: Whereas you don't just look at college production and all that anymore. It's about measurables and intangibles, neither of which Cardell Jones and Dwayne Haskins yes. had. I think Justin Fields will do much better in that area. So it's a good point, but I think that Justin Fields is still going to be a
0: top five pick. But anyway, that remains to be seen in April. Bold prediction. Justin Fields is not going to be the second quarterback taken in the draft. So I like
1: it. But I, I'm not sure it's bold anymore. I, every, you might be right. Everyone I keep seeing has Zach Wilson too. I've even started seeing people saying that they like Zach Wilson better than Trevor Lawrence. Wow, Zach Wilson is is rising up on the board real quick. He is, and it's crazy because most of them, most of us haven't seen him play maybe more than like one time. Mm-hmm. But you know how I told you his nickname was Mormon Mahomes. Yes. I think that's what everyone's doing here. Everyone felt so stupid for not seeing it with Patrick Mahomes that they're like, I'm not going to miss it this time. Yep. That's kind of what happens, right? Yeah. But the the draft process has a way of vetting out all this stuff. Yeah. Like if he really is the real deal and teams fall in love with him, yeah, he's going to go number two overall. But I don't know. It's kind of a battle between him and Fields. Deep quarterback
0: draft. It is very deep quarterback draft. Like as many, this might be crazy, but as many as like six in the first round, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And those last three or four can really go in any
1: order. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw a mock draft today that had the Patriots at 15 overall taking Mac Jones.
0: Mm -hmm. Like, any of these guys, especially somebody from Bama, like, they could shoot up there. Yeah. Another trivia question. As it stands right now, more college touchdown passes. Trevor Lawrence or Tim Tebow? Tebow. It's a tie. 88. No, oh, okay yeah, another trivia question
1: <laughs> that'd be <laughs> hilarious if i just pulled that out <laughs> as it's, obviously a tie
0: as it stands right now who had more college interceptions trevor lawrence or tim tebow tie yep 88, no 16,
1: way both yep that's interesting you yeah. were just looking that up and happened to stumble upon that it popped up on instagram earlier
0: okay yeah good times i thought that was very interesting that tim tebow and trevor lawrence as it stands right now have the exact same number of college touchdowns and interceptions
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Fun stat. Yeah. We'll we'll see if uh, Trevor Lawrence translates a little bit better to the NFL than Tim Tebow. I have a feeling he will. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. Well, that's about all we got for NFL recap of this weekend and playoff
0: picture, but we... I do have one thing actually real quick. Okay. We were talking about Cardell Jones, and he has one of my favorite tweets of all time. Oh, yeah. I just pulled it up and I wanted to read it real quick. Here it is from October 5th, 2012. He tweeted... Why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. Yeah, I mean, Amen. Amen, I,
1: I, I knew exactly what tweet you were talking about when you said it, and I could not agree more. Yeah, it's my it's one
0: of my favorite tweets of all time.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why he ended up being so successful. He's just a genius. You got to love him. Yeah. <laughs> we're done with that. Uh, while we're kind of clowning on people, I, I also wanted to bring up one last thing on NFL. And it was a freezing cold takes tweet today, which was quoting Colin Coward from January of 2019. Coward said, Adam Gase plus Greg Williams plus Sam Darnold. Anyone know where I can pre-order my 2020 AFC championship tickets at MetLife Stadium?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is sick. Which is I awesome. Love that. Because you,
1: you know Coward. I mean, I actually kind of like the guy, but he's just a hot take artist. He'll yeah. just say outrageous things. And so it's funny for an account like that. I love freezing cold takes because it just holds sports writers and sports journalists accountable for just...
0: Horseshit opinions like well, that. to be honest, though, like I have learned in our brief time doing this, that you're going to say some really stupid things if you're on the microphone long enough. So I, I don't have any problem with that. Like he was just trying to go hard, you know. Good, good job, Colin. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty funny. Anyone know where I can
1: pre-order my ASC Championship tickets?
0: <laughs> I picked Yikes. Matthew Stafford for MVP. I've no,
1: I've no room to talk. Yeah, fair enough. And Yikes. it sounds like Gase is getting fired on Monday. finally See you,
0: Yep. seriously any,
1: anyway, that's about all we got on NFL. kind of news and everything but we did want to talk about as we approach 2021 some new year's resolutions that we
0: have for certain NFL teams so Lando you want to start us off yeah I wasn't really sure where to start but since you just gave me a really easy transition my new year's resolution for both the New York Jets and the Los Angeles Los Angeles Chargers is to find an actual Real life football coach. That would (laughs) that would, that would be generally helpful for your organization to find a guy who knows what he's doing in in any sense of the word. Anthony Lynn has lost many many games for the Chargers by being kind of a bonehead in game management skills. Adam Gase, I don't know what that guy is doing to get these jobs, but I need his agent because he is killing it. If we had if we had Adam Gase's agent we would be on ESPN right now. <laughs> yes, we would. So
1: I have to ask, are you putting Anthony Lynn of the Chargers on the same page as Adam Gase?
0: I, I guess Adam Gase is a little bit worse, but Anthony Lynn sucks, does he not? The guy's dumb. Just because he has a better quarterback doesn't mean that he's a better coach. I guess so. But I mean, those two teams,
1: along with like the Falcons and the Texans, basically anybody with a head coach opening, I assume it's going to be kind of a bidding war for Hugh Jackson, but we'll see what happens <laughs> with the coaching carousel. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy! Yeah. So on the resolutions, I want to start off with the hometown team, the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. So the Falcons are four and eleven. They put up a good effort this past weekend against the Chiefs, but obviously another disappointing season. They have finally fired Thomas Dimitrov, who has who was their general manager for the past twelve years, along with head coach Dan Quinn. So they're moving into kind of a new era. So my my New Year's resolution for the Falcons is just hit the reset button. Okay. Uh, I don't think that it's necessarily plausible to get rid of Matt Ryan they would have to find a team that was willing to trade for him and take on his contract but if they can get something of value for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and I know that's going to hurt some Falcons fans that are listening but I just think it's time to do it You, you have the chance in the top five they're currently slotted at the number four overall pick to take hometown kid Justin Fields or Zach Wilson I think it's the time to do it
0: Okay. I like that. I actually am going to kind of piggyback off of that. So I had one that was the Falcons as well as the Patriots and the Steelers, three teams with older quarterbacks. And my new year's resolution for those three teams was to find their heir apparent at quarterback. So we talked about how deep this draft is a quarterback. The Falcons, Pats, and Steelers all have aging quarterbacks or like in the Patriots example, they lost Tom Brady. Cam Newton's clearly not the long-term solution. Find the next guy. You got six guys that are caliber, like first round caliber. Go for it. So I like that. And I want to add a couple teams to that,
1: not necessarily for older quarterbacks, but teams that just need to move on from a guy, whether he's old or young. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. They made it to the championship with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's time to move on from Up. I know they signed him to that huge deal a few years ago. He's not the guy. So if they can get somebody like maybe trading for Matt Ryan, reunite him with his former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, go for it. And then I also want to put the Denver Broncos in there. I know it's early. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not it. He's not it. He's probably not I it. I think he leads the NFL in turnovers this year. Has not been great. People kind of started to like him a little bit last year, but he's just, he's not it. If they can trade for somebody, a veteran, that could uh, advance them in the playoffs a little bit, because those are a couple teams where the roster, they've got talent, the defense is kind of in place. They just need a little boost offensively.
0: Okay, I like it. Uh, moving on now, another quarterback situation. This is a New Year's resolution for the Cincinnati Bengals. Protect Joe Burrow. Great draft pick last year. Clearly show that he is the future there. He is their franchise quarterback. Two years ago in the first round, they drafted Jonah Williams from Alabama to play one of their tackle positions, but their offensive line is still really, really inadequate. Maybe they could slide up to the top, you know, three, four picks, depending on what happens this last weekend, and get Penny Sewell out of Oregon, which would be a huge, huge addition. But no matter what, the Cincinnati Bengals have to find a way to keep Joe Joe Burrow on his feet. He is their answer. He's their solution. He's their long-term future. I like that resolution for the
1: Bengals. That's a good one. And I am painfully aware of how average or below average their offensive line is because I was dumb enough to draft Joe Mixon in both of my main fantasy leagues this year. But yeah, you know how if you look at mock drafts, whether it's like NFL or NBA, there becomes like a clear consensus pick where literally everybody has the same team take Mm -hmm. the same guy. For me right now, that's penesual to the Bengals. If
0: they can get him, if they're high enough there's no doubt that they're going to get him it just depends on where they finish in the draft order yep
1: yeah so that's happening so Sewell and Jonah Williams I mean those are two really good tackles great, for Joe great Burrow great book in tackles great tackles and then Joe Mixon I mean he's a good running back they're receivers Tyler Boyd's a good player Tyler Boyd's great yep. and then T Higgins has been one of the best mm-hmm. rookies in this class yeah that's AJ a squad. Green's getting a little older but they're good that's a squad if they can figure that out yep. yeah so Joe Burrow comes back healthy yeah they're they're uh they're in business let's go you up next you got another one yeah, so my next New Year's resolution is the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And this is not a resolution for 2021. It's for the 2020s. Okay. Win a playoff game.
0: Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that is unfortunately not a lot to happen. It's been so long since they've done anything. I cannot I still can't believe they lost to the Jets this weekend with a chance to clinch the playoffs. That is rough. Sorry, Browns fans, but you just got to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's very tragic, but I I think they're going to do it. And I think they're
1: going to win multiple playoff games this decade. I mean, they're headed in the right direction. The jury is still kind of out on whether Baker is a true franchise quarterback, but he's good enough. He can win you some decently big games. They've got a cornerstone of that defense with Miles Garrett and then Denzel Ward on the back end. And maybe most importantly of anything, Kevin Stefanski seems like he's a really good head coach. Nick Chubb's also a star. Kareem Hunt, that two-headed backfield. Yeah, I think Kevin Stefanski's done a really good job with that offense. He's a candidate for Coach of the Year. So Browns are headed in the right direction. I don't have them winning a playoff game this year, but next year, I think I think it's their time.
0: I like it. I got one in a similar vein for the Buffalo Bills to get off the Super Bowl Schneid. They've got a they've got a real chance, man. And as a Georgia Bulldogs fan, who someone who's come close, so close on several occasions to winning championships and not being able to get over the hump and knowing how painful that is. I am rooting hard for the Bills this postseason. This is the best team they've had in a long time. They are the most tortured NFL team in history. They went went to four consecutive Super Bowls in the 90s and lost all four. I can't even imagine doing that. Like it was bad enough losing one national championship as a Dogs fan. Imagine making it to four in a row and losing all of them. Like that sucks so bad. Come on, Bills. You've got it in you. You can do it. Yeah,
1: losing four straight Super Bowls is insane. Can you imagine doing that now? Like, I feel like during the social
0: media era, you would just get crapped
1: on all yeah, over for you, that and it would just be miserable as a fan. You wouldn't make it
0: to the third one because you would hear so much in the media that it would just mentally crumble you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm pretty sure so they lost the first two in close games. Can you actually look this up yeah. and make sure I'm not lying? And then I'm pretty sure they got to the third one and that's the one they lost to the Cowboys like 52 to 17. Like how demoralizing would that be to make it back again and then just get absolutely throttled by one of those like early
0: nineties dynasty teams. Yeah, those teams are really good. Okay, so I'm pulling it up right now. In nineteen ninety one, they lost twenty to nineteen to the Giants. Yikes. And then I think the next year was the Redskins? It's just the NFC East Tour. Yeah, next year is the Redskins. How have lost. times have changed. They lost thirty seven to twenty four. And then the next year in nineteen ninety three, they lost to the Cowboys fifty two to seventeen. And then the next year in nineteen ninety four they lost to the Cowboys thirty to thirteen. So neither one of those were close. And that was the last happy moment. Oh, the second to last happy moment that we had as Cowboys fans. <laughs> yes, and I am not sure I even remember it. Well, I was three years old. Yeah, so the, God, the last the last one was January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. So you were you had just turned five was when the Cowboys beat the Steelers 27-17 in Super Bowl thirty. I I remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, you don't. I was drunk. (laughs) So, yeah. Since then, we've been pretty miserable as Cowboys fans. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. But back to the Bills losing four straight Super Bowls. They
1: do have a chance this year. I really like their team. But while we were talking about that, it reminded me of the commercial. Do you remember the ESPN commercial with Jim Kelly? Remind me. So, Jim Kelly, the quarterback for the Bills who lost four straight Super Bowls, walks through the metal detector no problem and sits down in the waiting room and then uh, adam vinatieri in his full patriots uniform walks back and forth and each time he gets like dinged for it and takes off one of his super bowl rings Man. then he starts pulling them like, out of his pockets and his hand warmer and stuff and jim kelly's just sitting there in his waiting room chair shaking <laughs> his head like
0: damn it oh props to jim kelly though for recording that that takes that takes a lot of like uh self-deprecation to be able to do that what a what a guy <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty funny. Proud of him for that. I need to go back and watch some of those old ESPN commercials. Those are Some of those are so good. Yeah, they I are. I love those. Right, do you have any more New Year's resolutions for NFL teams?
1: Yeah, I've got one more, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is the easiest one. Their New Year's resolution is to simply take Trevor Lawrence and get out of quarterback hell.
0: Yes. I mean, who's the last good quarterback you remember for the Jags? Well, if I recall our early season season, podcasts, you would say Gardner Minshew. You were like, oh, if the Jags get the number one pick, man, they got to keep Gardner Minshew. And I was like, no, they shouldn't. They should take Trevor Lawrence. And you were like, no, they should keep Gardner Minshew. And now I'm laughing in your face. Well, he did get injured this year, (laughs) but I actually
1: saw someone earlier today that Wasn't necessarily saying that they shouldn't take Lawrence, but was sticking up for Minshew saying that like he's wildly underrated and he's the most underrated player of his draft class. I was like, all right, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But anyway, yes, they're clearly going to take him. I mean, they're if you think back to their quarterbacks, the last good one, David Gerrard, I guess. But it's solid. But it's not like he was a top. Ten, no, maybe top. I don't know. Twelve quarterback at his position. Before that, I was Mark Brunel who you know maybe made a Pro Bowl or two, got them to the playoffs. Yeah. But since then, they took Blaine Gabbert with the number ten overall pick in 2011, and then a few years later, they took Blake Bortles with the number three overall pick, mm. and then. In 2017, they had number four overall and took Leonard Fournette over guys like it's well-documented Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So this time around, they don't have number three, number four, number 10. They have number one. Get your guy. And the New York Jets have put this on a silver platter for them and said, here is the best quarterback prospect coming out of college since Peyton Manning take the freaking guy yes, yes so they're gonna get trevor lawrence and get themselves out of quarterback
0: hell Yep. this is time for them to make their move we've talked about many times before how when you have a good quarterback on a rookie contract that's that's a really really good recipe to have a good team this is their chance jags the next couple of years could make a run i guess so the problem with it is they've traded all their other good players too yeah but they get something back for those trades
1: yeah they get picks they also have I think what is currently slotted as the 21st overall pick from I think the Vikings for the Yannick Ngakwe trade so having another pick maybe getting him a wide receiver out there could could really help T-Law in his early days with the Jags
0: yeah I think they've got they've got a chance to do something mine is kind of along the same lines as that in in a way it's for the Philadelphia Eagles this is my last one by the way I want them to clean up the quarterback mess and I don't know exactly how they do that but I'm not saying that they should do this, but I'm wondering why no one's talked about it. Why couldn't they trade Jalen Hurts instead of Carson Wentz? And hear me out, okay? So we always talk about what I just said with Trevor Lawrence, how having a quarterback on a rookie deal is super, super valuable because the most important position on the team is not getting paid much, and you have so much room, so much cap space to put in pieces around that guy. They cannot trade Carson Wentz because he's too big of a dead cap space hit. So why not trade Jalen Hurts He's super valuable to other teams for the reasons I just talked about, get some assets back, surround Carson Wentz, who they've already kind of deemed their franchise quarterback. He has to be given the money they're paying for him and and build that way. I don't know. I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just wondering why it's not even being discussed.
1: It's not a crazy suggestion, but I don't know. I just feel like quarterbacks lose draft value so early or like so quickly like Josh Rosen was what the number 10 overall pick or something like that and then the next year he hadn't even played a snap and he was getting traded for like a third round pick
0: yeah but he got he lost draft capital quickly because he was not good because he wasn't doing anything Jalen Hurts is proving that he can play he's doing the opposite he's gaining value I feel like
1: yeah he had a couple good games but like he also lost 37 to 17 to the Andy Dalton Cowboys. Like I don't, people, some teams might be high on him. It's an interesting suggestion depending on what they could get back for him. But I think that just comes down to the Eagles going into 2021, who they think can give them the best chance to win. And I don't think it is Carson Wentz.
0: So if they don't think that they, they can win with them, I think you just got to go with Hurts. You think they're just going to sit there, hold on to Carson Wentz, who already said he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback, pay him whatever it is, $40 million to sit on the bench? I don't know that they have a choice. I mean, they've gotten themselves in a really,
1: really bad situation with Wentz because like you said, I think it's like a $60 million dead cap hit if they cut him. There's a huge dead cap hit dead cap hit if they trade him when by the way no one's going to trade for him yeah. it makes no sense so i don't know I, th- I think they're kind of in purgatory but i think that jalen hurts is the guy next year
0: well the eagles suck so good for them <laughs>
1: yeah all right well that's about it i think for our new year's resolutions um you want to move on to college football
0: let's do it we got the college football playoff semifinal games coming on friday we have it there at 5 45 and 8 30 eight whatever eastern but whatever jacked up for them love the college football playoff semifinals i don't know why it's not that new anymore but i still love that we have a playoff in college football it's still so sick so looking forward to that day yeah, it's going to be awesome.
1: And the first game is Bama versus Notre Dame. So it's the annual tradition of the one seed absolutely dismantling the four seed. Last year, what was it that LSU beat Oklahoma by? A million. That, that was so bad. Yeah. yeah, it was close to a million, just a complete bloodbath. And I think it's going to be the same thing for Bama again, a rematch of that national championship when it was the the Everett Golson quarterback uh, Notre oh, Dame team, gosh. and they made it to the national championship. They were down like 35 at halftime or something. And I honestly think that something like that's going to happen again. I've got Bama winning this game 52 to 21.
0: Ouch. Yeah, it's going to be a slaughter fest. This is just a complete mismatch. I feel like this year was a pretty clear scenario of three teams that were much, much better than the fourth best team. But it's a 14 playoff. So somebody's got to make it. Notre Dame is just the sacrificial lamb. Bama's going to crush them. The spread is, I think, 19 and a half. Last time I checked and I predict Bama going to cover that. They just got too much firepower. And Notre Dame's just not that good. No, they're not. Yeah, it it's like
1: a two-headed monster in college football. You've got to have a third and fourth team in there. Ohio State, even though they only played six games, they're a very respectable three-seed. Super Notre talented. Game. Like you said, just the sacrificial lamb. So yeah. I don't expect this to be close. What I am most interested in seeing from this game is the Heisman candidates. Yes. You've got Devontae Smith, at wide receiver for Bama, catching balls from his quarterback, Mac Jones. They are number one and number two in the Heisman odds. What I really want to see in this game, Devontae Smith, just throw up the pose. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. It's been a long time since that happened. Charles Woodson, is that the last one? Maybe, but yeah, I think Devontae Smith's going for 200 yards and three tutties in this game.
0: Yeah, I think I said it after the last podcast, which was immediately after the the championship games, the conference championships, that I thought Devontae Smith deserved the Heisman, and the odds have since followed that. He's currently the favorite. I just think he's been the best player in college football. Has he not? Like, he, he deserves to win that award. I get why quarterbacks win it almost every year in running backs one of the other years, but if there's ever going to be a year for someone other than a quarterback or a running back to win it, it's got to be this year. He's been a monster.
1: He has, and this is the year in my opinion. I think people will finally acknowledge that. The problem with the award is that it has become a quarterback award, and the issue for wide receivers is if you have an incredible season as a receiver it's very likely that your quarterback did as well like you look at what happened with lsu last year justin jefferson and Terrace marshall or jamar chase both had like insane seasons that would typically be worthy of winning the heisman like up there with what Devonte smith did this year but then you look at their quarterback and he did it with three different receivers mm-hmm. like joe burrow threw 60 tutties that's not the case this year like mac jones has 35 or 36 And Devontae Smith has more than half of them. So he's clearly the difference maker in that duo.
0: Yeah, I I texted you and dad this, I think it was like last week, how in 1987, yeah, 1987, Tim Brown was a receiver, won the Heisman Trophy. His receiving stats were 39 receptions, 846 yards and three touchdowns. And then this year, Devontae Smith, who is, has not won it yet. Who's just one of the finalists, not even sure he's going to win 98 catches for 1,511 yards and 17 touchdowns. Just such, such a clear, we know this has happened, but such a clear picture of how much football's changed over the years. That's a short season too. Yeah. Isn't that like, that's crazy? just crazy. That's just unheard of from a
1: college receiver. Yeah. I mean, I love Devontae Smith. I think he's going to be an incredible pro. I'm really hoping he doesn't go
0: to one of these NFC East teams. Yeah, well, if he's the best receiver available, the Eagles certainly won't take him, so that's a good news.
1: <laughs> yeah, what were we saying? They passed on DK
0: Metcalf. Well, last year, they picked um, they picked Jalen Rager, the pick before Justin Jefferson, yep. and two years ago, they picked J.J. J.J. Arthago <laughs> Whiteside right before DK Metcalf, so good not job, guys. Not great. Yeah, you guys suck, Thomas J. Fult.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the next college football playoff game, and that's the more interesting one. You've got Clemson against Ohio State, which is a really fun matchup. It's a rematch of last year's college football playoff game, and there's a little bit of added intrigue this year. You know Why? Why? A couple uh, pieces of bulletin board material from each side. Oh, I did see the the Dabo bulletin board material. That was good. Yeah. So Dabo, they they come out with these coaches poll rankings and they publish you know what each coach voted for. Dabo Sweeney ranked Ohio State number eleven. Mm-hmm. I guess Dabo he was uh, he was a very anti COVID. Just thought everyone should play every game every week, no matter what.
0: I'm not sure that was the case. That's a little bit harsh.
1: I have you heard him talk? Yeah, I've heard him talk. Dabo's a little out there.
0: Okay, continue. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt
1: you. I think he wanted to punish the Big Ten and Ohio State for not playing games. What, what, what else do you think it is?
0: Well, I think it, it was it was clearly because they didn't play that many games. I was just disagreeing with the fact that he just wasn't. He was anti. He was not an anti COVID person. He kind of was, dude.
1: He, <laughs> he called out uh, Florida State for not playing
0: them yeah, when they had but, like. But that was well deserved. Florida State, they had followed no. So what happened was Florida State backed out of the game because they didn't believe that Clemson had followed the right protocols, but they had. They just wanted to forfeit because they didn't want to get slaughtered by Clemson. I thought, I thought Dabo was right in that situation. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on.
1: Okay. But anyway, a great game. Bulletin board material that Dabo gave to Ohio State, ranking them number 11 in his rankings. And on the other side, the video that leaked from the Ohio State locker room after the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern, a video of Ryan Day trying to pump up his team, said, if we get in the playoff, don't care who they put in front of us, whether it's Clemson, Bama, Notre Dame, we're going to whoop their ass. So... You know, of course, as a coach, you're going to say that, but I'm sure Clemson has seen the video, and having beaten them last year, they're going to come out motivated, ready to go. So I'm really looking forward to this one. It's the night game. It's the 2-3 matchup, rematch of
0: last year. Going to be a good one. Yeah, much better than the first game. I'm going to have to go with... Uh, Clemson in this game just because I have run out of trust like many other people in Justin Fields. I just I don't know what he's going to look like against good teams. They played two decent teams. I don't even know if they played a good team this year, but two decent teams this year in Indiana and Northwestern. And Justin Fields had very, very bad games against both of them. He was 12 for 27 for 114 yards and two interceptions against Northwestern. And that's after going 18 for 30 with three interceptions against Indiana like that's just not good against two just like okay teams so I'm gonna have to roll Trevor Lawrence and Clemson in this one it's a fair point but I I do have to defend Justin Fields
1: on this a little bit because it came out after the game that he sprained his right thumb which means his throwing thumb early in that Northwestern game so After that, they kind of started leaning on their run game, and his running back, Trey Sermon, the generic version, ran for like 331 (laughs) yards. That was a fantastic reference. (laughs) Thank you. But anyway, yeah, I I think that Fields, if he's healthy, they're going to put up some points. He's got Chris Olave there on the outside, Trey Sermon at running back, Master Teague at running back. I mean, they've got some weapons. I think that they're going to be able to score on this Clemson defense. So I've got it as a close game. I think Clemson's going to pull it out 34-31. All right, I wish wish my name was
0: Master Teague. Yeah,
1: those are... Or really just Both kind of like names.
0: master anything. It'd be it'd be hype.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. So college football playoff, I know it's boring. I'm taking the two favorites, but I just think that's the state of college football. Unless there's just kind of this transcendent team every few years like LSU last year, it really is just a two-headed monster.
0: I three. know people don't want to hear that. I go three. I think Ohio State's in there. Ohio State's really, really talented every year, especially with the way they recruit. But yeah, it's mainly Bama and Clemson.
1: Yeah. So this is what, Clem- Clemson, Bama, four?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's and pretty amazing how Clinton's good
1: they are. And won two of
0: them? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because Trevor Lawrence won one and Deshaun Watson won one. Yep. So, yeah, this is going to be Bama's revenge game. Tie it up at two. Let's go. Rubber match.
0: Make it a seven-game series. Might as well. Come on. All right, moving on to NBA now? Let's do it. What you got? All right, so we are a few games in, into the NBA season. Each team's played like two or three games so far. There's not a whole lot to talk about, obviously, this this early into the season. One thing I love to see after three games is the four remaining undefeated teams. Now tell me, if anybody had the Cavs, the Magic, the Pacers, and the Hawks as the final four remaining undefeated teams in the NBA, put your hand up because that's pretty sick. <laughs> that is sick and the
1: Cavs starting 3-0 is a shock unfortunately they just announced that Kevin Love went down and he's going to be out for three or four weeks so I think that their dream of going 72-0 and is going to die pretty quick here soon but uh, a few of my friends we did an NBA wins draft where six of us each draft four teams and two of mine were in addition to the Celtics and Heat I took the Hawks and Magic so I'm pulling for them this year I guess I'm off to a good start you know didn't expect huge things from them this year but now I'm all the way in you know I'm overreaction guy, so I texted them earlier
0: today. I will be shocked if the Hawks and Magic don't each win sixty. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah. I i love the Hawks so far this year. They're really fun to watch. I'm not under any illusions that they're gonna be some sort of like top four seed in the East or anything, but they're a really fun team and a very solid team with all the young pieces that they have. I think they're gonna be in that seven to ten range and hopefully have a shot in the little plan tournament of making the playoffs couple of early little notes one I have noticed that there is a lot of load management going on early this season one because the season's a little bit condensed with the 72 games also because of the short off-season. for example LeBron has been playing fewer minutes he's averaging like in the 20s per game right now I know that last night even though they were both healthy that KD and Kyrie both sat out although to be honest KD has looked really really good coming off that Achilles injury but definitely a lot of load management going on so far. There is,
1: especially with the Nets. I mean, they came out, looked incredible, came out hot with Kyrie and KD, both killing it in those early games against the Celtics. But now they're like four games in and already sitting out tonight. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But yeah, my main takeaway through three or four games, depending on the team, is that There's going to be a lot of parity this year, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, some teams had a really long offseason. Some had really short, like historically short for the Lakers and Heat. So I just think there's going to be parity with guys resting, a shortened season, which means more volatility, some injuries, some COVID-related guys sitting out. So, yeah, it's going to be a really fun NBA
0: season. Yeah, a lot of teams are going to be in the playoff hunt until the very, very last day. As far as the rookie class is concerned, Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman are both off to really good starts. LaMelo Ball, who was at the third pick, is not off to as good of a start, but he also is in a weird situation like I thought about this when they drafted him as he's clearly the right now at least the third best guard on that team behind Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham so he doesn't play that much he plays like 17 minutes a game which is so strange for a lottery team to not be playing their third overall pick that much it's like why not just get him in there and give him give him some playing time but it's just weird with that rotation especially because Gordon Hayward their starting small forward is not a kind of guy that can slide over to the forward all so it's just LaMelo Ball's in a weird spot He is, and it makes it a little bit of a
1: curious draft pick when you lay it out that way. I mean, Terry Rozier, they paid him a lot of money, and you were telling me about his stats recently. He's a little bit better than I was uh, under the impression that he was. He's a good player. Yeah, and then Gordon Hayward, I mean, they're an okay team, but that's just like a classic team
0: that's in purgatory. Who knows where they're going from Mm -hmm, here? For sure, and then one thing I wanted to point out, it's very, very early. I'm not trying to be overreaction guy, but how much fun would it be if we had an NBA center average a triple-double for a season we've had like Oscar Robertson at point guard do it we've had Russell Westbrook at point guard do it right now through three games Nikola Jokic is averaging 24 points 12 rebounds and 14 assists per game he's the NBA leader in assists per game I don't know what the chances are like what would you what would you handicap that at at the chances of Nikola Jokic averaging a triple-double not great I
1: mean 10 percent
0: yeah. That's really, really hard to do but for the, a big guy. But the fact that there's even a chance for a center, a true center, which is there's not that many of those in the NBA right now, a seven-foot guy to average a triple-double is nuts.
1: Yeah, and I did see on Twitter yesterday someone was saying that the conversation about who is the best point guard in the NBA is more difficult now than it has been in a long time, and the Nuggets Twitter account responded, it's Nikola Jokic. So it kind of depends. It's it's We're in the era of the positionless mm-hmm. NBA. If you want to talk about who the best point guard in the NBA is, you could say LeBron.
0: I was gonna say last year was LeBron because he was legit starting a point guard. This year they're starting they're starting Schroeder, and he's been the primary ball handler as far as the point guard is concerned. So I don't know who it is right now because Chris Paul's not anymore, even though he's still a good player, but he's he's aged out of that role. That's a really good question. Yeah, so top three point guards in the NBA
1: right now. LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic. Obviously, that's a consensus. Sick, love that. <laughs> While we're on the topic of point guards, I want to bring up a couple more guys on those undefeated teams you talked about yeah. leading their teams to that 3-0 and so far. Trey Young.
0: Yes, Trey Young's killing it. He's sick. He's really good. He plays, I think last year, depending on what advanced metrics you looked at, he might have been the single worst defensive player in the entire NBA. So that's not helpful. But on (laughs) on the offensive side, he is really, really good. He can bomb him from deep, as we know. He's a better like not I wouldn't say ball handler he's better at getting to the rim and finishing than you would expect for a guy his size but yeah Trey Young is really really good and part of the reason that the Hawks made the offseason moves that they did this year is to get better defensively in the backcourt to surround Trey Young and help him out a little bit by by getting Chris Dunn and Rajon Rondo so that's one of the reasons the Hawks have been successful early in the season yeah, I really like this
1: Hawks team. They're they're deeper than you think, too. So They're really deep. Yeah, I like the Hawks. And then I wanted to mention a guy for the Magic, too. And this is a feel-good story. Markel Fultz.
0: Yeah, you got to love that. You got to be happy for the guy. Everyone thought he was a bust immediately out of college. He completely forgot how to shoot a basketball, which is not good for a professional basketball player. But he has made the comeback, and he's playing well so far.
1: He is. I mean, and like we said, it's only been three games, but he's averaging 21 points a game in only 30 minutes. He's shooting 50% from the field and 25% from three. But in my mind, that's a good thing. That's room for improvement for Markel Fultz coming off that three-year, $50 million extension this offseason. So happy for him. It seems like he's gotten some of that muscle memory back and yeah. like
0: remembers how to play basketball. Good for Markel. Got a little fun trivia game for you. Okay. What you got? Through two to four games, whatever it is for each team. I'm going to name a team I want you to name their leading scorer so far this season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton. Good job. Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown. Good job. Detroit Pistons. <laughs> I'm just taking all the number two guys. Detroit Pistons.
1: Oh, man. I don't know if I can even name a player on the Pistons. I'm actually like not. I'm barely joking. Jeremy Grant. Okay. Never Yikes. never, ever would have gotten you
0: that. You know you're a bad basketball team when Jeremy Grant's your leading scorer. Good player. He's a really good, like, fourth best player on the team. Not leading scorer. That's not a good look. Okay. No, not at all. Moving on. New York Knicks. Okay. It can't
1: be R.J. Barrett. That's too obvious. Kevin Knox? Julius Randle. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they just do that thing where they, like, can't land any big free agents, so they sign, like, eight middle-of-the-pack free agents. Yeah, it's and just, pretty tough. Yeah, that's terrible. Right, I
0: got two more. Orlando Magic.
1: Um. Okay, it's not Fultz who could be averaging with Terrence Ross yeah good job is it I I only know that because I saw he scored 30 something the other night there you go and Houston Rockets oh boy uh it's not fat Harden. it's certainly not Russell Westbrook I don't know James Harden tricked you. Who is it? (laughs) (laughs) Sucker. Damn it. Um, How many games has he played?
0: Uh, He's played two, I think. He had 44 points and 17 assists in one of them and like 30 something in the other one. He's killing it. Okay. (laughs) All right. He scored in the NBA. I just wanted to try to set you up with like six other ones and then trick you in the last one.
1: Yeah. Success. Yes. You you did. Success. You did really well there. Thank you. Happy for you. But yeah, a couple of New Year's resolutions for James Harden while we're on the topic. Oh, I can't wait to hear those (laughs) because
0: he's got a lot of options. Stop clogging your arteries. Yes. And get traded. Yes.
1: <laughs> all right, that's I all I got.
0: I said on the radio last and that James Harden was on the Eddie Lacy offseason diet program. And yeah. that's exactly what he looks dude, like. Dude, he looks like Eddie Lacy. Yeah, he looks like a balloon. It's funny because we had talked about how he's
1: like a sneaky
0: big dude. Like he he's he, already, he, was he, was 6'5", 240. He was already thick with two Cs. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> he might be 260 Yeah, he's right now at least.
0: Yeah, but somehow he still gets around people. When I played basketball... I'm skinny, by the way. When I played basketball, I couldn't get around freaking anybody. I was too slow. How is that? How's fat James Harden still able to get around to whoever he
1: wants to? Yeah, I, I honestly haven't even seen him play this year, but I, I need to start watching more fat Harden
0: because he's elite. Yeah. Honestly, though, if you could be a, a fat guard in the NBA and be successful, it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah.
1: He, maybe he's just like kind of accepted the fact that he runs other star players out of town and like wants to create his own legacy. And maybe he's like, I can be the first like fat superstar.
0: Maybe so. Also, I wanted to mention this while we're on the Rockets. It's kind of tragic that they're going to fall apart because of James Harden, but Christian Wood was their big offseason addition, and he has looked really, really good through a couple games. Let's see, he's averaging 27 points and eight rebounds through two games. Like He showed that he was maybe legit at the end of last season in the bubble, and this has seemingly kind of continued that trend that he might actually be a really, really good NBA player. It's it's too bad that James Harden and Christian Wood can't kind of like stick it out long-term and maybe become a new duo because James Harden just doesn't care about winning. All he cares about is the strip clubs and food, but what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, been hanging out with Dwayne Haskins recently,
1: apparently at the strippies, but I don't know. Like when I think about James Harden, he, he showed up late to camp overweight and apparently he threw the basketball at like a ball boy in practice a week ago. If he he just keeps hanging around the team and acting like a child, I just think eventually he has to get traded. So it's just it's a level of intrigue around the Rockets this year because I think he gets traded to somebody obviously presumably a contender and I think they're going to get something back for him because currently they're asking for like Ben Simmons and two first round picks or three first round picks from the Sixers so they're asking for a King's Ransom right now whatever they get back adding that to Christian Wood could be a good young core so it could be
0: fun yeah I think all these shenanigans right now by James Harden are fully intentional I, oh, clearly. I really, Yeah, really yeah he's going to strip clubs and getting eliminated from games basically and getting fat and being an idiot I think strictly so they (laughs) trade him like that's that's always doing
1: oh yeah Yeah. i I don't think that's really a secret like i think everyone gets that it's just kind of a game of chicken like are you going to trade me or not yeah it needs to go ahead and happen and we can all move on (laughs) right well you got anything else on the nba i think that's it for the nba All right, so let's move on to our last topic of conversation for today, and that is
0: MLB free agency. What you got? Yeah, there's really been one team making huge moves the last two days that we need to talk about. That is the San Diego Padres, the Fathers. Fathers. Yeah, let's go. So in the last two days, they first traded for Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, former Cy Young Award winner. And then today, I guess, they traded for Hugh Darvish. So two huge moves to add to the rotation on top of, they already had Mike Clevenger, which unfortunately he's out for next year with Tommy John. But they've also got Dendelson Lemet, who's a really, really good pitcher. They've got Chris Paddock, who's a solid lefty. Like they've got a they've got a squad right there. And on top of that lineup, like headed by Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado, that's a really good team, and they're clearly going hard at the Los Angeles Dodgers next year.
1: Yes, they are. And did you see the other addition they made?
0: uh they had they signed the guy to Korea that's supposed to be a good player
1: yeah a guy from the Korean baseball organization I can't remember his name but he's one of their better players I Mm -hmm. saw last year in the KBO he hit 306 with 36 bombs and 23 steals so kind of like a five tool player who could be really good for them so adding him to like you said Tatis and Machado I mean they could be sick uh looks like his
0: name is Ha Sung Kim so yeah he's gonna be yeah that's pretty sick that's a good addition they they're gonna be worse than the Dodgers in the outfield and potentially better than the Dodgers at every other spot even the starting rotation you think it depends a lot of it depends on Clayton Kershaw and aging and what he does next year slash injuries but yeah they're they're going to be comparable they're a good team Yeah, and I I know you love the Tampa Bay Rays, but I think Blake Snell
1: is probably so relieved to know that in a playoff game, if he's mowing a team down through seven innings, he's not going to get pulled for
0: analytics reasons. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Well, they already, Kevin Cash said he, he regrets that decision, which of course he does, but. I appreciate him at least saying it. Yeah, for sure. Most coaches wouldn't do it. Yeah, so the fathers going all in. Come on, Padres! You gotta love the Padres.
1: I I I do like the Padres. We we joked about Manny Machado signing there. What was it like? Thirteen years, three hundred million, or something crazy? Because he just basically wanted to retire to the beach in San Diego and not have to play playoff games. But it looks like the Padres
0: have other plans. Padres are here to stay they are. Well, is that all you got? I think that's all we got. All right, guys, that's going to be a wrap for today. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Don't forget to leave us some ratings and reviews on Apple and Spotify, follow and subscribe our podcast. We hope to talk to you all soon. We will see you in 2021. Have a good day. Love you. Bye.